0: Devin Brown-Busetta was a 25-year-old from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. She had a daughter and was into fashion. On September 6, 2006, Devin made a call to her aunt from a local T-Mobile store. Devin was paying her bill. She didn't say where she was headed after that. Devin's car was found in an impound lot months later. She was never seen again. I'm Ed Denzel. and this is unfound. the title for this episode, and depending on your interests and life experiences, a few different things may come to your mind. For you biblical scholars, you recognize that it comes from Exodus 2.22 in the Old Testament. For you literature experts, the first thing that comes to mind is the 1951 novel by Robert Heinlein, in which a human born on Mars comes back to Earth. And for the headbangers out there, you will recall the Iron Maiden song from their Somewhere in Time album, generating some of the coolest heavy metal artwork ever. Once again, for any of the choices, it depends on your perspective. The interesting part is Devin Brown-Busetta could probably relate in some way to all three. She was raised a Christian and most likely knew the Exodus passage. Like Heinlein's main character, Devin was living in a new world, she was from Florida and had only lived in Pennsylvania a short time. And Devin, although I don't know if she was an Iron Maiden fan, was certainly into art and fashion, loving to change her hairstyles and wardrobe at a moment's notice, always wanting to be trendy and cool, like the band. But for us today, our job is to figure out what happened to this stranger in a strange land. And now summary of the case... This is brought to you by my friend Megan CharlieProject.org. Devin Brown Busetta had been born in New York and raised by other family members when her mother died at an early age. They moved to Florida in her teenage years, a place where she would remain until 2005. But before that, Devin met a man and had a daughter, although the relationship eventually fell apart. Then in late 2004, She met another man, Hamed Bousseta, who quickly wanted to make their relationship permanent. He moved Devin to Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and they got married. Yet that union also quickly disintegrated, with Hamed filing for divorce two months later. Between that time of late 2005 and Devin's disappearance, she had many misfortunes. Her daughter was taken away back to Florida by the girl's father. Devin lost her job after being accused of stealing money. And on the day of her disappearance, she complained of feeling sick. So, on that day, September 6, 2006, Devin was at the T-Mobile store paying her bill. While at the store, she spoke to her aunt on the phone about not feeling well. Devin also mentioned the thought of moving back to Florida. At no time did Devin tell her aunt what she planned to do the rest of the day. This was the last talk Devin had with anyone in her family. There is no record of Devin being seen or talking to anyone after this call. She was never seen again. Three months later, and well after a missing persons report had been filed by her family, Devin's car was found in a city impound lot. There was nothing in the car that gave any clues as to Devin's whereabouts. Devin's case was not one of the better-known ones out there, not even in western Pennsylvania. However, that changed in late 2018 when the Tribune Review in Pittsburgh Covered her disappearance in association with Unfound. Since then, Pittsburgh police have been much more receptive to Devin's family. Yet, questions remain. Number one, Hamed Busetta himself went missing in 2005 after divorce proceedings started. He was found in Florida a few weeks later. What was he doing during this time under the radar? Number two, Devin's car was towed from a gas station near where she used to live with Hamed. Why was the car there? And number three, could illegal business practices with one of Hamed's connections in Pittsburgh be the reason Devin went missing? Devin's family believes foul play is involved in her disappearance, although they continue to be hopeful she is still alive. The guest for this episode is Devin's aunt, Wilshire Council. Unfound news. As you've already heard, this episode's case is one the Trib and I worked on at the end of last year. And for those of you wondering, and being that I haven't mentioned it, I'm not working with the Trib for 2019. I had a really good time helping them cover Western Pennsylvania missing persons cases in 2018. I hope we move the cases forward in some meaningful way. And I expect before 2019 is over... Unfound will be covering some of the other cases I worked on with the trip. Next, there's been a lot going on behind the scenes at Unfound. With the help of some confidants and former guests, we have been working on a cluster of disappearances where it seems the stories done on the cases at the time were incomplete or, frankly, inaccurate. I hope to be able to bring these cases to the public before the end of the year. But given that we are going back and checking sources and trying to talk to actual witnesses, I make no promises on the time frame. This is what I meant when I said last week that the reason the books have been delayed is because Unfound is getting deeper into the investigation of cases where it looks like the mainstream media made assumptions and mistakes. Finally, I think, I think, I found a new place to live. Yes, here in this area. However, the last time I said that, the owner of the place decided to up the rent above the advertised price. I am hoping that doesn't happen this time. Supposed to move in on May 1st. I'll keep you posted. Where you can find Unfound. Unfound supports accounts on Potomatic, iTunes, Stitcher, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Contribute to Unfound at patreon.com forward slash Unfound Podcast. This week, I need to thank Tammy, Cheryl, and Angela. You can also contribute at PayPal, unfoundpodcast at gmail.com. That is also the email address. Merchandise, the books at amazon.com in both ebook and print form. Don't forget the reviews. Shirts at myshopify.com, cards at makeplayingcards.com, and please mention unfound at all true crime websites and forums. Thank you. I'm so happy to have on this episode of Unfound, the aunt of Devin Brown-Busetta, Wilshire Council. Wilshire, welcome to Unfound.
1: Thank you, Ed. I appreciate you having me on.
0: You're very welcome. Let's start here. You are Devin's aunt, but you two are very close in age, right?
1: That's right. Um, Devin's mother, um, who is now deceased, but Devin's mother and I... Uh, We're sisters. Um, And Devin is three years younger than me. So we grew up more like sisters than we did um, aunt and niece.
0: That's interesting. Uh, Was that kind of weird or did it seem very natural?
1: Um, It kind of came natural. Um, Actually, my mother, she, because Devin's mom passed away uh, when Devin was really young. Mm. Um, And prior to that, she you know, had some issues, so she really wasn't able to raise Devin on her own. So my Mm. mom uh, pretty much raised Devin. So we, you know, we always lived in the same house when we were kids. And Mm. so we were, it was just pretty natural because we were close in age. And for me, it was nice because my two sisters were so much older than me. Um, Devin's mom was 18 years older than me, and my other sister was 15 years older than me. So it was nice to have someone around my age to kind of play with.
0: Yeah, I'm sure. And I'm guessing that did you go to like to the same school? Like, so you were like three year grades ahead of her or something like that? Or mm-hmm. not?
1: Three grades ahead. Um, we went to the same school in elementary. Um, we eventually moved to Florida, but. We grew up in New York, and so um, in New York, you could kind of choose the school you went to as opposed to having a zone school. Okay. So we went to um, the same elementary school, but then I went to a different junior high school. Um, you know, they had mm-hmm. different specializations in the high school and so forth and right. so on. So okay. that's how that ended up.
0: Okay. And would you say how, – how close were you? Would you say you were best friends or just good friends, or how would you explain it?
1: I would say we were like sisters, you know, like sisters, and we okay, were close in age, mm-hmm. so you know, as we got older, it was kind of not really a competition, but, you know, we were mm-hmm. very close in age. So she had her friends, I had my friends. We would argue sometimes, um but it was just like you know, like sisters are,
0: okay. Okay, and what were some of the things that Devon uh, was into that you remember? Of course, being close to her age, you would may, might yeah. have seen some of these things uh, uh, close and personal. What was she into?
1: Absolutely, um, Devon was definitely into fashion. You know, she huh. always loved you. You know, the newest thing, and she wasn't afraid to like. You know, she was one of those people that would cut all their hair off. You know, and then try a new style um she was definitely into music um she loved dance she loved writing um and actually she was um, in the process of she wanted to start a business called youth and music and so um that was the you know the things that she liked she's definitely full of life
0: Mm-hmm. okay and so you were three years ahead of her but somehow You ended up in Florida. That's where you live. Uh, And then Mm -hmm. Devin ended up in Florida. How did that all happen?
1: Well, um, like I said, you know, my mom raised both of us together. Mm -hmm. So um, it was just, you know, kind of like a rough time in New York, you know, and my mom just wanted just a better upbringing for Mm -hmm. us and not have to worry so much. Mm -hmm. Um, And so she relocated to Florida and um that's how we both got here. And we were mm-hmm. probably early teens.
0: Okay. So you had to do and some we adjusting, new friends, new friends, new school, all that?
1: Definitely, definitely. Okay. Um so it was <laughs> it was definitely mm-hmm. a huge transition. Um mm-hmm. but you know okay. we eventually adapted to it.
0: Good. And you would say that Devin uh, adapted to it pretty well. And we have to remember she was only twenty five. When she, you know, when of course she disappeared, but you would say that she adapted to it pretty well?
1: Oh, yeah, definitely.
0: Okay. All right. Did she graduate high school? Did she have any higher education? What did she do there?
1: She had a high school diploma. Um, I believe she took some classes at the community college, um, but she did not finish.
0: Okay. And what was she doing uh, for work in her late teens, maybe after high school into her uh, early 20s? What was she doing?
1: She had a variety of clerical jobs. Um, she was really, you know, good with with people and, pre, you know, good presentation with herself. So she always, you know, was able to have a decent job. And yeah. usually she had a job better than, you know, people her age,
2: uh-huh. you know,
1: and with her educational background, she always seemed to, to land something that, you know, was... That paid a little bit better than most people were making, and everybody would be like, "Well, gosh, how does she have that job?" You know, yeah. and she just she presented me, and she was well spoken, and so she was always able to to do she's
0: Okay. And at this point, after high school, of course, you're like you said, a few years older. Where. You all living at home? I mean, were you seeing her like on a daily basis, maybe a weekly basis in those uh, Um, early 20s?
1: After high school, yes. Um, Early 20s, we kind of drifted. You know, we moved apart. Um, Let's Mm -hmm. see. So when she was 18, I was about 21. So by then, I had two children. Hmm. Okay. Um, And so – and. She had her daughter when she was about 20. So we kind of just, you know, you start to have a family and, you know, you don't see each other as often. But we, it's not many of us. It's my mom, um, my other sister, um, and it was Devin. So it was just us, really, especially me uh-huh. in Florida. And so we were kind of close-knit.
0: Right. But you had, you like you said, you had uh, two children. She has Mm -hmm. a child, hard to get together, Uh right? Maybe a little harder, and a lot of time taken Uh up with kids and stuff, of course. Now, um, you said she did have a relationship. She had a child. Um, Let's just talk a little bit about that. I'm not saying that this has anything to do with her disappearance, but I think that we do have to mention it because it does come up at least a little bit later. Uh, Mm -hmm. Maybe you could tell uh, the listeners a little bit about... Uh, that relationship, uh, the father of her child, just went on there.
1: Um, they were high school sweethearts, um, and the relationship continued on after high school. He played football. They went. They went to the same high school. Her and I didn't. Um, he played football, and um, she was just always, you know, that was that name always came out of her mouth. She was mm-hmm. really in love with him. Um, okay, it continued past high school um and then they had a daughter together. they lived together briefly, and then he ended up going into the military
2: hmm
1: um, so that kind of separated them a little bit um, okay. the time she was a single parent and um i you know the I feel like they probably kept in contact more than what we knew of, mhm. Um, I know there was a little bit of pushback about Devin, you know, with his family. I don't know if they had, if she had, I don't think she had the best relationship with them. Okay. Um, but you know, they continued to stay in contact. Um, even I believe when she was in in Pittsburgh, she still stayed in contact with them. Well, they had the little girl,
0: so. Okay. But at some point, I guess somewhere in there, uh, their relationship fell apart. Because Correct. obviously she ended up marrying another man, but at some point in there, um, they just weren't a couple anymore. He went to the military, and they kind of split up.
1: Right, right.
0: Okay. Mm-hmm. Any idea what year that might have been? Might have that been 2003, 2004? Just.
1: Um. Okay, so I believe he went into the military not long after her daughter was born. hmm Um, so that could have been like two thousand and one. Okay. That he went to the military. And I think, you know, the distance and just a little bit of the family pushback and you know, life happens. Sure. So yeah, and so that's you know, that's what happened.
0: Okay. So she's essentially a single mother. Um Mm -hmm. and but she has a job like you said she seemed to be doing okay there and of course she had family support you were at least in the area um mm-hmm. and she had uh your mother in, in the, right in the area so she had that family okay. support and uh, you mm-hmm. maybe got together uh once in a while so um maybe not perfect situation but you're all in this together and you know and there's support there right. for each other okay
2: correct
0: Okay, any, if you can say, any issues that you ever saw Devin uh, display? Any drug issues, alcohol issues, mental depression, anything like that that you ever knew?
1: No, not that I knew of.
0: Mm-hmm, okay. Devin was a pretty straight shooter, living life pretty clean.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, we would go out occasionally, mm-hmm. you know, things like that. But, you know, for mm-hmm. you, we were young. Uh, mm-hmm. But other than that, you know, just going to work and doing the kids thing.
0: Okay. All right. So no vices, nothing that, once again, just in her own herself. Anything mm-hmm. that ever worried you about no. Devon being Devon.
1: No. Okay.
0: All right. Let's talk about the guy that she uh, eventually married. And, mm-hmm. um, and his name is Ahmed Boussetta. That's where she gets uh, the last name. And that's B-O-U-S-S-E-T-T-A. How did they mm-hmm. meet? Um,
1: it's Ahmed. H-A-M-E-D, H-A-M-E-D, Hamed. is the first name.
0: Ahmed. Okay.
1: Um, okay, so he owned a convenience store not far from where she was living at the time. Um, and she would frequent the store
2: mm-hmm.
1: um she didn't really tell me much about the relationship itself but from what I gathered from my sister um you know she met him at the gas station that was not far from her house
2: mm-hmm. um
1: he was really nice to her um and he approached her and saying that he could help her out he I guess he could tell that she was struggling financially a little bit and mm. um he was also uh, she said he was teaching her about his religion, mm-hmm. which was Islam or okay. Muslim. Yes. Um, even though she was raised in a Christian, in the Christian faith, she was learning about it. And um, I guess one thing led to another. He he gave her the impression that he could give her a better life.
2: Mm-hmm. You know,
1: financially, she wouldn't have to struggle. And at some point, she promised to marry him, and then they're married.
0: wow, okay, so would you say so you never met you never personally met Hamed? no, never, even though you're living in the same city as Devon, of course, you're close in age, she never brought you him over to introduce uh her to you to him ever no. Wow. She never did. Okay. Did anybody in your family during this uh, time she was seeing this guy get to meet him? No. Never. Um. Did that seem? I mean, how did you? Did I guess she talked about him? Did you find that to be a little strange at the time?
1: Um. Definitely strange.
0: Mm-hmm. You
1: know, it was it was just a really odd situation. You know, I'm not saying that. You know, she hadn't dated people in the past that we didn't know, you know, a date or two. Mm-hmm. Um, but somebody that she was going to marry, we, ex- right. you know, we would expect to meet that person. Mm-hmm. And we never did.
0: I have to ask, did you or your mother ask ever ask Devin, you know, why don't you ever bring him over? Did Why don't we get to meet him? Anything like that?
1: Um, for me... You know, I can speak for myself. Um, I kind of, like, heard after all the plans were solidified. You know, like, Mm -hmm. I don't remember right now if I found out right before she was married or right Mm -hmm. after. I believe it was right before. Mm -hmm. Um, But it it just was. You know, it was it. You know, and it wasn't – she didn't really give much information about him, to be honest with you.
0: Okay. Do you look back at it now, and do you think it might have been maybe because he wasn't? You know, I don't know how – it's none of my business how important religion and things like that are in your family. Could it be because he was from a different religion or something like that? Or do you think, on the other hand, was he controlling her? How do you look back at it now?
1: I look back, and I think that – um it was just a reflection of the relationship itself
2: Mm-hmm.
1: in that, you know, it wasn't, uh, I don't want to say it wasn't a relationship, but it was
2: mm-hmm.
1: more of an arrangement. Okay. Um, I just feel like maybe she didn't. I don't want to say she was ashamed. I don't think that
0: would be the mm-hmm. proper word.
1: Okay. But I feel like maybe she just, it was, you know,
0: she kind of wanted to leave her family out of it. Okay. That's, that's as far as we'll take that. So, like you said, she did end up getting married to Hamed. And how long would you say that the the two had been a couple or from the first time that she met him till they got married? Was it quick? Was it months? How long do you think it was? I would
1: say it was, it, it was, probably months I feel like I don't want to say that there I I don't really feel like there was much of a courtship Mm -hmm. I feel like that you know she frequented his gas station they spoke a little bit you know um, and then it was like you know hey let's let's get married I can give you a better life and she was like well you know okay what do I have to lose Okay. And it just happened. I, I don't feel like it was a relationship in the traditional sense.
0: Okay. And you, none of your family was even invited to the wedding. Is that true? Correct. Wow. And where? They didn't and get
1: married in Florida. They didn't. No, they got married in Pennsylvania. In
0: Pennsylvania. Okay. So that's where it was. And uh, what was their wedding date? Uh, maybe if you don't remember the exact day, but like the month and year. They
1: got married um, July twenty ninth of two thousand
0: five. Okay. All right, and then of course the next year is when she disappeared. So you weren't invited to the wedding. She goes up there to get married. You're all uh, left out of it. Did you even happen? To, did you even see any wedding pictures? Uh,
1: to be honest with you, the only wedding picture I've ever seen is the one that is on her missing person flyer.
2: Wow. Okay.
1: And that picture, I'm not exactly sure where it came from. Um, but when I asked about that picture, they said that that was her wedding photo.
0: Okay. I'm going to guess that you and your mother were doing a lot of talking at this time about all of this. I'm go- I'm going to guess that you two might have been a little worried about her.
1: Yeah. Um, uh. I don't even know how to explain it. It, it mm-hmm. just was, um, definitely uh, out of the ordinary. hmm Um, we didn't necessarily think at that time that there was something to be so worried about. We thought it was odd. Yeah. You know, um, definitely out of the ordinary, but I didn't, you know, she has a daughter. So that was the other thing was like, you know, are you going to, you know, be with someone that you barely even know when you have a kid, you know, but right. at the same time, Devin was a really smart girl. So we kind of trusted her. Mm-hmm. Um, she definitely, she wasn't a street, you know, we're not street people, you know, we, mm-hmm. we're not from the street, so to speak, but mm-hmm. she definitely was street smart. She was very savvy. She is not the type of person that people could get over on, so to speak. So okay. we kind of trusted her instincts. We trusted her
2: okay. to
0: not be in, you know, some off-the-wall situation. Okay. And did she ever give any explanation as to why you weren't invited, invited to the wedding, even after after it happened? Just. Any, she didn't
1: give me any explanation. No. Um, and it was almost like in flashes, you know, like we saw her, then she went to Pennsylvania, then she came back. When she came back, she was married. So, mm-hmm. and and it was like at that point in, in her, you know, in her life, I didn't, I barely saw her at yeah. that point. Okay.
0: Okay. I think the listeners now get an idea. They're just a little different situation than I think most people are used to when a family member gets married just mm-hmm. something probably maybe you could have never suspected expected would happen maybe in 2004 but it did mm-hmm. it just did okay um now the reason that this all happened in Pittsburgh is because Hamed uh allegedly had some sort of uh connection there although i'm not clear if he ever ever did actually live in Pittsburgh at any time maybe he did but of course Devin met him when he was in Florida and she was in Florida. Um, what was that connection? Was that a family connection, or would have been able to find out about that?
1: Um, from what I found out, um, he had a friend that was there, and I do remember her mentioning that you know he had a friend that was going to hook them up with a place,
2: mm-hmm. and
1: um, his friend Ron Kashi he owned a place there and rented it out to them.
0: Okay. Okay, and I, and we'll talk about him uh, a little bit later, but uh, he was a businessman in the Pittsburgh area that somehow Hamed knew from somewhere. Correct. Right, and you don't know, and I don't know how they even knew each other in the first place. Right. We don't know. Okay. All right, so just to sum this all up, she gets married in Pittsburgh, even though she had lived at least her later teen years into her 20s in Florida. She goes up there she gets married now is her daughter with her at that point yes okay so she takes her daughter and we'll get into that in a moment so she's in pittsburgh and i realize some of this stuff maybe is stuff you found out afterwards but mm-hmm. you know starting in pittsburgh she and hamed and her daughter are uh living there uh of course sometime in mid 2005 uh, what's she doing? Did she get a job? What What have you learned about that time?
1: Okay, so what? Um, so what happened was, um, when they got to Pittsburgh in the beginning, she didn't have a job. Uh, when, she, when she was from it, she didn't have to work. Okay. Um, so she didn't she didn't have a job. She just kind of stayed at home, and um, she was with her daughter. Um. Okay. And then, you know, that situation changed.
0: Okay. Um, do you believe that Hamed, uh, was he working, owning a, conven- uh, a gas station or convenience store up there? Or was he working with his friend who owned the jewelry store? Do you know what he was doing for work?
1: I don't know. Don't but know. But whatever it was, it, it was enough to, so that she wouldn't have to.
0: Okay. And so she's married. Uh, were you talking to her? Do you ever talk to her on the phone? Did she ever talk to um, your mother on the phone while she was there?
1: She um, spoke to my my mom and my sister more often than she did mm-hmm. me. You know, once again, I was working full time. and I had the mm-hmm. kids. Sure. Um, and um, my sister and my mom were more like mother figures to her. So I think mm-hmm. she went to them. You know, like you would go to your mom.
0: So she Mm -hmm. spoke to them a little bit more um, than she did with me. Okay. And did they get an idea of how the marriage was going?
1: Yeah. um, It was not going well. Mm. I guess whatever he told her he was going to do, um, he didn't end up doing it.
0: Okay. So she's up there, she's kind of by herself, she doesn't know anybody there. I mean, she has her daughter mm-hmm. there, but even then that became an issue having her daughter there. What what happened? Well, um with the
1: daughter or with the situation
0: with him leaving. With with uh the daughter and um Devin taking her daughter to Pennsylvania and then uh the 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 child's father's family didn't like that too much. Yeah. Okay. Maybe let's talk about that um, a little bit.
1: Yeah. So um, she had, um, at the time, her and the daughter's father were going through um, a custody issue. Um, And so she was not supposed to take her daughter out of the state of Florida. But, you know, at that time, she did take her daughter with her. Mm -hmm. And, um, so the daughter's father landed up coming to get the little girl. Wow. Um, from what I learned later on, um, he was, you know, he was, he came to get her because she should, Devin shouldn't have had her in Pennsylvania, number one. Mm, And number two, he, I guess Devin had confided in him that, the husband was tied to some radical Islamic group and so huh. forth and so on. And so he didn't want his daughter Wow! involved in any of that. So he came and him and his brother, which um, was going to school in Pittsburgh at the, or in, in Pennsylvania at the time, I believe in, Pits, in Pittsburgh. Okay. Um, I learned this too. Um, so at the time his brother was, was going to school, um and my sister was telling me I guess she would see him you know every so often uh-huh and but he wouldn't acknowledge her
2: uh,
1: so I don't know if that was just because of you know the family Matt, sure, really being all that
0: mm-hmm. you know, they didn't
1: really like her too much or what the situation was, but um, she would see him from time to time and he wouldn't acknowledge that he even saw her or look at her or make eye contact or anything. But um he landed up him and his brother coming to my niece's house and um uh, with the police and picking oh my. her daughter up. Wow. Taking
0: her back to Florida. Do you know when what um month was that in two thousand five or do you think that was creeping into two thousand six?
1: Two thousand yeah, that was in April of 2006.
0: To April of 2006. Okay.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: All right. So the police were there. Um, I'm sure that was not easy uh, for Devin, but uh, I can kind of see the father's side of this. You know, mm-hmm. just taking a kid to a, in a totally different state. And we know custody issues, and we do know that, you know, custody issues can get really, really ugly. So, um, mm-hmm. okay. So they went um took the daughter back to Florida. So now Devin's there by herself and Correct. and then on top of that as she was telling uh your mother that on the phone that the marriage wasn't going uh very well. And in fact, uh, I have it in my notes here that it was only a few months after they got married July of 2005 that Hamed was already talking about a divorce.
1: Correct. So, um Not too long after they got to Pittsburgh, I would say two months max, um, Hamed just abandoned her and he just left. And so um, she landed up filing a missing persons report on him because she didn't know where he was. You know, and most people would say, well, why would she even care if the relationship wasn't going Mm -hmm. well and so forth and so on? But remember, she didn't have a job Mm
0: -hmm. and
1: they had bills.
0: Right. Right. Sure. Sure.
1: Yeah. So she, you know, she um, landed up putting out the missing persons report. And then I guess he was located in Florida at the time.
0: So he... I guess you could say he snuck back to Florida mm-hmm. without telling and if her. you
1: look at the, <clears throat> correct. If you look at the paperwork, um, they were married on July 29th of '05, and he was putting in the paperwork for the divorce on September 15th of Oh five. So that's not even two months. It's like six weeks.
0: That's so crazy. And then around that, like you said, at some point still in 2005, he went missing himself, so before she goes missing, he goes missing. Correct. Okay, and then – all right, wow, okay. So September 2005, he's already – he is the one who's filing the paperwork, and he's missing, and they find him. How Do you remember how long he was missing before they found him?
1: I don't. Okay. I honestly don't. Okay.
0: All right, man, so many it just seems to me my perception is so many things went bad so quickly. Uh, you know, so quickly with with all of this. Um, at that point, I mean, we have to remember that the divorce kind of got a little out of the timeline, but he filed, he makes the the submits the paperwork September 2005, but her uh they don't come and get her daughter until April of 2006. Sure. Alright, so we okay, so we kinda got that flipped around. But uh, in all of this, is do you think there's any reason that Devin just didn't say the heck with this and just come right back to Florida? Any ideas on that?
1: Well, um you mean after the daughter was
0: Well, married? once you know she got served with the, the divorce papers, and I'm going to guess, it's... you know, I'm gonna guess that Devin knew having her daughter in Pennsylvania probably wasn't totally one hundred percent legal you know, quote-unquote legal, that it would have just been at that point if she knew she was going to get divorced, the heck with it! I'm just going back to Florida where her support is. Any ideas?
1: Yeah, she was in the process. She had contacted, um, for lack of a better term, like a legal aid society Mm -hmm. type of deal, and they were trying to help her appeal um, and trying to help her, you know, gain custody of her daughter the right way. So I mm. think that she was hoping that would work out. And I think she was trying to, to make things work. Mm. Um, you know, there was a, especially with the cussie thing and the, you know, the whole family thing that was going on on the, the dad's side. I think that, you know, she just wanted to try to maintain herself and be away from the drama. Yeah. Um, But... Guess that didn't turn
0: out so well. Right, and I'm also guess. I guess I'm thinking also that, being that she filed this missing persons report, and of all places, he's found back in Florida. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: She is from where you're there. Your mother's there. You know, um, she couldn't have been too pleased about that. I mean, on top of the fact that he snuck away, that he ends up back in Florida for whatever reason.
1: Right. Okay. She was upset, you know, yeah. um, and, you know, when she found out, you know, that he had filed for divorce,
2: mm-hmm. I
1: think she was upset that he didn't hold up his end of the bargain. You know, you right. tell me you're going to give me this better life. You move me away from my family and then you abandoned me. So, you know, at that point, she, from what I understand, she made it very clear that, you know, she was going to, if he wanted a divorce, then he was going to have to, you know, pay up, so
0: to speak. Mm, you know, sure, he, absolutely. She was going to try to get,
1: yeah, she was going to try to get alimony. And if that didn't happen, then she was going to expose him, you know, about mm. for whatever situation he was in.
0: Okay. That was
1: to expose.
0: Okay. All right, so she has all these things going on, and she still doesn't have a job. When did she get a job?
1: Um, she ended up getting a job um, later on. I want to say maybe March or so of 2006. She okay. eventually, Kashi made her, she had to leave. She couldn't mm-hmm. stay in the place that right. they were living.
0: Right, right, sure.
1: So she... Um, Landed up finding a place across town,
2: Mm -hmm.
1: um, but it was what she could afford. And from what Mm -hmm. I can see, big difference in neighborhoods. Um, But she found a place that she could afford, and um, that's what she did. She moved, her and her Mm -hmm. daughter moved, Mm -hmm. and she landed up getting a job at Acorn.
0: Okay. Okay. All right, and so, in Pittsburgh, if anybody wants to look at the map, she was living like in the Kennett Square area, correct is correct. that which is that's where she was living with Hamed, and then yeah, eventually where she was with Hamed. all right, and then eventually she moved what you would call the Mount Washington area of Pittsburgh, which kind of overlooks the city and when did you when do you think that she moved there? When did you say maybe you said that already
1: well um. According to the paperwork that, um, I looked at the custody paperwork, which was in April of 16, they still had the Kennett Square address, um, but my sister said she had moved from there just a couple months prior because when um, Mm -hmm. the daughter's dad came to pick her up, she was living at the Southern Avenue address. So she had already moved at that Uh, point. So So she she probably was only living there a couple months.
0: Okay. All right. So she was there. She's working. She found a job. Um, She's taking care of her daughter somehow while she's working. I don't know, daycare or something like that. But then, of course, her daughter gets uh, uh, taken away. So she's there by herself. Um, And through all this, is she still talking to your mother and your sister there in Florida? Yeah.
1: Actually, um, until she could find a job, they were helping her out a lot. They were sending her money. Um, they were sending them clothes. Mm-hmm. Uh, my sister even opened up um, a credit card at a retailer so that she would be able to get, you know, put her on as a person so she would be able to get, you know, things that she would need
2: mm-hmm. for
1: herself and 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 her daughter okay and so they were very you know at that point in time they were very close in contact because if she needed something you know
0: Mm
1: -hmm. that was her go-to
0: okay and so hamed files the paperwork in september 2005 but uh even at the time of her disappearance they were still married um so was devin putting up a fight was this some Legal wrangling was going on. Um, did it have to do with, like you said, alimony and things like that? Was that the reason they were still yeah, married? Um,
1: from what I understand, I don't think she disputed the marriage itself, but she did um, want to try to collect alimony from him.
2: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: And I think, you know, if that is, if, if at that time, if that would have gone through, then she would have signed the papers and that
0: would have been it
2: Mm mm-hmm okay
0: all right so we got this all going on the divorce papers um her having to find her her own place she's living with her daughter for a while then the daughter gets taken back to to florida um and then what happens next and of course she's still married legal wrangling going on but she has this job at acorn but Mm -hmm. something goes wrong there too then she got let go from that job. Um, could, do you know when that happened and why it happened?
1: Well, she ends up getting fired from that job. I'll start mm. with that. Okay. Um, from From what I understand, a girl that uh, Devin had um, become friends with told us that she was fired from Acorn because she, I guess it was um, it was during the housing crisis, and they were supposed to be helping people save their homes. Yeah. And, um, what happened was it was a free service. And I believe Devin told what she's saying is Devin allegedly told the woman that there was a fee involved Mm
2: -hmm.
1: and the woman paid, you know, Devin, whatever fee and the job got wind of it, that she, you know, collected money and she wasn't supposed to. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: And, um, she got fired from that. But um. then um, my sister told me that what Devin told her was that um, was that um, she wasn't supposed to have personal relationships with the clients mm-hmm. and that the woman kind of, I guess, befriended Devin and kind of took her under her wing almost like she was her granddaughter or her you know, or a daughter or something mm-hmm. like that. Okay. And and Acorn, you know, they got word about that and they let her go.
2: Okay.
0: Wow. How long uh, did she work at Acorn and how long, you know, she got uh, fired from this job? How long was that before she disappeared?
1: She disappeared the day after she lost her job. From wow. what I understand.
0: I don't think I ever knew that. I knew that. I didn't know it was the day before. Wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. And so you didn't, I guess, learn about her getting let go from this job until later. You, your family, well, or, yeah. or maybe, but did she call like home the day it happened to let people know, or is that something you found out later?
1: She no. She called. She called. Um, I'm trying to think. She called on September 6th, and she spoke with my sister. And, or maybe that was the day, no, that was the, that was the fifth.
2: She called
1: and she spoke with my sister and, you know, she was very, very upset, you know, and as she should be, you know, when she told my sister, she was like, you know, I lost my job and, um, you know, I lost my daughter. And then she also mentioned because, um, once her and Ahmed had split, she had gone back to you know, being a Christian, and she had found a church that she really liked. And I guess for whatever reason, the church was dismantling. I don't know. If it was people going their separate ways. Mm-hmm. And so she, you know, she told my sister, I lost my job. You know, my daughter's gone. My church is dismantling. And she said, on top of everything, I just, I don't feel good. I'm sick.
0: Well, that, and I wouldn't, that's would not, there's a lot going death. on. So I, that, that wouldn't surprise yeah. me at all. She didn't feel very good. You know, yeah. could could make you ill. Now I should say that there seems to be maybe a little bit of a discrepancy between maybe what the 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 information you've collected and your sister's collected and the official information, for example, on Namus and on the Charlie Project. Because if you go there, the disappearance date is September fifth, whereas your sister who talked. Devin really believes that she talked to her for the last time on September 6th. Is that right? Correct. Okay. So we got a little bit of a discrepancy here, but we're going to talk about it right now in the context that September 5th was the last day that someone we believe actually saw her, which could be at Acorn when she lost her job. September 6th though, is the day where she talked to your sister so there is at least proof that she was still around at that time okay yes all right so so the listeners shouldn't understand from now on that's how we're going uh to uh refer to this so on September 6th um as we talked about just a little bit ago um she was at T-Mobile your sister believes
1: yes okay. she went in to pay her phone bill um and I guess while she was waiting to to pay her bill, her and my sister spoke.
2: Uh-huh. And,
1: you know, at that time she was very upset, you know, because she had so much going on. Right. And, you know, she told my sister, she said, you know, I lost my job at ACORN. Um. At that time, Devin had, you know, returned to Christianity. Uh-huh. And so she had found a church that she really liked and seemed to be connected to, but for whatever reason, the church was dismantling. Mm
2: -hmm. And so
1: that was very upsetting to her as well. You know, so she said, I lost my job. You know, my church is dismantled. You know, my daughter is gone. She goes, and now on top of everything, I feel like I'm getting sick. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: And, you know, my sister had to pick my nephew up from school at that time. So she told her, listen, you know, I'm going to call you later. She said, "Um, I have to pick my son up from school. And she told us, she said, maybe you should just come home. Maybe you should just come back here. Yeah. And Devin was like, yeah, maybe I should.
0: You that know? sounds like
1: a
2: good said, piece we'll of advice. Yeah, that yeah, sounds like said, some we'll good advice. She said, will talk about it
1: later. I'll call you this evening. And never spoke to her again.
0: Okay. Uh, so besides that phone call, to this day, do you know you or your family or the, maybe the police told you, do you know anything else about what happened on that day after your sister talked to her while she was at the T-Mobile store? No, none, none. Okay. Do you even know what in, uh, what T-Mobile store it might've been in Pittsburgh? I, I should, could look that up probably after we'd done this at this, with this interview, maybe it was one near her place. So do you even know?
1: I don't know. Um, I know that she um, would probably be, you know, that she didn't feel well. Would have gone to the the closest one. My nearest one.
0: That would make sense. Okay, so we don't know anything else about the rest of that day. When do does your family, maybe your sister, your mother, or yourself start to get a little worried? about Devin maybe not hearing from her or anything like that?
1: Um, well, my sister, she did try to call her later on that evening. Um, she ended up going out, and so she didn't call her so late, but she did try to call her. And at that time, the phone would just ring and ring and ring, and then it was busy, and then finally nothing. Um, but, you know, she's an adult, and so... You can't really jump to conclusions, so, you know, we tried to get her again and and nothing. Um, But the biggest sign was her daughter's birthday is about 10 days or so after um, she went missing. Mm -hmm. Um, At the time, we didn't know she was missing. We just thought we hadn't heard from her. Um, But we know a thousand percent that she would never, ever miss her daughter's birthday right ever right and she wouldn't let it go without a phone call if she couldn't be there you know she would scrape up money to buy tickets she would make sure if she couldn't do that she would make sure she called she would have if she didn't have the money to buy a gift she would have contacted one of us Mm -hmm. and said hey can you buy her a gift and make it for me and you know mm-hmm. I'll get you back when I have the money but there's no way she would have missed her birthday. Right. And when she missed her birthday, we knew something was wrong.
0: Yeah, big trouble. Big trouble. So what'd you do?
1: So um at that time, <clears throat> you know, my sister still tried to contact her and see um she had taken some pictures uh you know from the birthday party and she she had sent them to my niece, but what she did was she began to, like, search on the Internet to see. And remember, the Internet then, you know, even though it was a thing, it wasn't like it is now. Mm-hmm. Um, But she searched on the Internet to see if she could, you know, by her address, if she could find people that had similar address, like a neighbor or somebody mm-hmm. that could knock on her door.
2: Right.
1: Um, and so she said, my sister called, she said about seven people and she had left messages and one person called her back and it was an older gentleman, uh, older gentleman named Carl Lazaro Huh?
2: Okay.
1: And he, he called my, he called my sister back. Um, and it, it was just a crazy situation. He, um, he didn't know, no Devin, but he recognized her cause he lived right across the street. And mm-hmm. so he, you know, an older gentleman, you know, they, Mm-hmm. If if he was retired, this this is just something I'm coming up with. You know, sometimes they will just kinda look out the window right. and see what the goings on of the sure. neighborhood is.
0: Of course. And
1: so he said he would see her like, you know, out early in the morning to go to work and then return home. You know. Um mm. he even mentioned to my sister that he remembered when she moved in. Um but he could Literally, see you know where she lived from his apartment. Okay. Um, he did tell my sister that he knew the landlord, and that he would try to, you know, help her, maybe by trying to get into the apartment and see if you know do like a welfare check. Sure.
0: Um, That was nice of him. Yeah, nice guy. Good. Yeah, good. Found a good guy there. Good.
1: Yeah, and um. So he, um, landed up contacting the landlord. Um, my sister too also told him, she said, Hey, Carl, um, I mailed some pictures to her of, um, her daughter. Can you check her mailbox and see if they're in there? And when he went and looked, the envelope with the pictures were in there and he actually sent those pictures back to my sister. Uh huh Um, He finally got the landlord to open the door, which um, I called and I left a message, and they actually called me back and left a message, and then when I called them back, I had to leave a message again, so I haven't spoken to him, but um, Mm. that landlord still owns the building, um, but Carl got him to... Um, Go in the apartment. The landlord said that he didn't want to, you know, take a chance and not go in there without the police. So they called the police and they went in Mm -hmm. to do a welfare check. And, um, you know, they were able to tell my sister that my niece wasn't there, but there was no deceased body or anything like
0: that. Okay. And, of course, we'll talk about her car later, but her car wasn't there. No. Her car was not parked in the parking lot for the apartment. Um, the way you, of course you weren't there, but was there anything in the apartment that looked unusual? How was it described?
1: Um, well, of course, you know, we wouldn't know cause we lived in a different mm. state, so we mm. don't know exactly yeah. what she had in the apartment. But, mm-hmm. um, what was told to us was that the apartment, first of all, first of all, the door was locked. So mm. it didn't look as if anyone had broken in or anything like that. Um, second of all, the apartment looked, um, just, you know, like someone had gone out, like lived in, um, when they went in there, they said that the TV was on. Um, there was, some partially eaten Chinese food on the counter. Um, the ironing board was up with the iron on it. It wasn't plugged in, but it was up. Mm -hmm. Um, she had some, a couple of items of clothing that she was soaking in the sink. Um, and hmm. it just looked, you know, it didn't, no windows were busted or anything like that. It just looked like someone had left to go out.
0: Mm-hmm. Like somebody had gone out to pay their T-Mobile bill and was going to come Correct. right back, possibly, just to throw that out yep. there. Okay. Yep. Uh, at that point, did, uh, I'm going to guess a police, uh, a missing persons report was filed at that time on that day? Yes. Okay. And we have to remember this was like... But we're now talking 10, 11, maybe 12 days after mm-hmm. she disappeared. This would have been after her daughter's birthday. I mean, like you said, yeah. it was 10. So so you've already lost like almost two weeks of time.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. Mm-hmm. And, um, but still, we, you're not sure that the disappearance date was actually September 6th. Yeah. You know, it could have been 8th, 9th, or, or anything when we're, you know, we don't just don't know. For sure. But so the police report is filed. Um, Did your sister or you or your mother get to talk to them? Did they, you know, being that you're way far away, did they take the information over the phone? How did that work?
1: They did take the information over the phone. Um, My sister was the one that filed the missing persons report. Uh, You know, you have to remember that she was an adult. Mm-hmm. Um, right, and so it's it's very difficult to report an adult missing. Um, and so I don't want to say she got the runaround, but it was kind of the runaround.
2: Okay. You know, they
1: kind of gave her a hard time. Eventually, they did. You know, mm-hmm. do the report and everything, but you know, we always got the impression that a better job could have been done with things.
0: Okay. Uh, did you have a chance this guy's name uh, the neighbor was Carl Mazzaro? Is that his name?
1: Carl Mazzaro. Okay,
0: and did you have a chance to talk to him maybe after this happened? Did you know, being that he seems to be watching the neighborhood, did he see anybody, maybe like Hamed, come over to her place at some point? Did he see any other cars he didn't people intimate? He, he didn't did.
1: mention it. My sister did stay in contact with him for a while. Mm-hmm. And because he was, you know, he could see her apartment from his, yeah. he would, you know, ask him, do you see a light on? Do you see like maybe a shadow of a person? Um, Anything like that. And he didn't he didn't have any information. You know, he didn't say that he saw anybody.
0: OK, OK. And and we have to remember, he really wasn't supposed to be looking for anybody either. So, you know, you, right. can't, re- you can't really blame him. That, that he even did what he did was a huge help to you. You know, it was Correct. just, you know, being that he was the only one that called back. Okay. So she's missing. This is now the middle of September to late September. And you file out this missing persons report. The cops are like, well, what are we supposed to do? She's a grown woman. But we do have the rest of the case. And I do want to start with this and we mentioned Devin's car eventually it did pop up and how did you find out about that where was it found and this is actually some new information that you just discovered recently why don't you tell the listeners about that
1: so um we always thought that the car was found by the um by the southern avenue address Mm -hmm. that has always been my understanding Um, And because, you know, we're here and the police are there, we could never really get like solid answers about anything. Um, The the officers have changed several times on the case. Um, But finally, I met this or I talked to this really nice um, female detective and um, she looked through what she could look through at the time when I spoke to her. And what she told me was that Devin's car was found near the Kennett
0: Square address. So where she lived when she was still with Hamed. Correct. Okay. And that and I looked that up. It's a lot closer driving than I thought, but uh, about 10, 11-minute drive between where uh, Devin uh, was living before she disappeared and where she first lived when she uh, moved there. So about 11 minutes away from her apartment. Okay, so you found that out. That's a good piece of information. Please continue.
1: Yes, um, it was at a gas station, um, mm. and so I don't know exactly when the car was reported, but we received we received a um, tow notice in the mail in December, um, and it said that the car had been towed and it was taken for investigation um, by the police department, and um, I guess they looked in the car to see if they could get any information from the car. Mm -hmm. Um, The detective said, you know, looking at the records she had, there was no blood or anything like that found in the car. Um, And at the time that, you know, back in 2006, um, 2007 when we questioned about the car, um, what we were told that it was just, you know, just an average car. She had a lot of papers in there um some clothes and like some junk you know maybe some empty you know
0: soda bottles or something like that right um but otherwise unremarkable and when they so are you saying that when they sent you this toe notice why did you why did the toe notice get sent to florida was the car or uh, whose name was it in why would they even know to send it to florida
1: It was um, registered in um, my niece's name, but the address for the registration and everything was still Florida.
0: Okay. 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 And did the car have a Florida license plate or a Pennsylvania license plate? Do you even know?
1: I'm not 100% positive, but I believe she maintained her Florida license plate.
0: Okay. So that kind of car would have uh, stuck out um, with the different license plate, but... You're saying that you don't know – you got a tow notice in December, but did that tow notice say when it actually had been towed, when it had been found there and then towed away from that gas station? Do you know?
1: Right. It it doesn't say when it was reported, um, but it did say that the police took it into custody on the
0: 22nd of December. Okay. Uh, Do you believe at that time when that car got towed away and then got impounded at the police lot that they knew that it was connected to Devin's disappearance? They put that together.
1: I don't think at the time they knew that. I think initially Mm. the car was probably towed for being there for so Mm. long. Okay. And then they connected the car. I don't think they were Mm. out looking for her car, though.
0: Okay. Okay, so... Uh, could it be that you get the tow notice? Oh, it's, you know, because is she missing, you're probably wondering for those couple months where the heck's her car. Her car right. pops up and maybe that's when maybe your sister, your mother uh, call, you know, the Pittsburgh police and say, hey, you're going to find a missing persons report. That's her car. Do you think that's how they put it together? Did you think the police did it on their own? I'd be surprised if they did it on their own. That's why I'm asking.
1: Yeah, no. No. I believe it's exactly what you said. Okay. Um that they sent the notice to my um to my mom's house. Mhm. And then we contacted them and you know told um, them that it belongs to my niece who's been missing right. since September.
0: I'm going to guess when you got that notice in the mail. I mean, you didn't personally get it, but that must have been maybe a little ray of hope. Oh, our car was found, and you know maybe we'll be able to track her down from there. Is that might have what happened at that time, or did that even, or did that go the opposite direction that you, it made it even worse?
1: For me, it made it even worse because you know where is she going without her car?
2: Mm-hmm. And I
1: understand that you know. In, if Pittsburgh is I've never been, but if it's you know similar to New York, then you don't really need a car. There's rapid transit, but it's just mm-hmm. you know you're not going to abandon your car unless it's broken down, but they did they never mentioned anything about the car being disabled no you know, so right. it just to for me, it just made it worse, like okay, right. you know there's another clue that something is awful,
0: right. And I'm guessing there was no videotapes from the convenience store, or the gas station where it was parked. So, who knows how long it sat there? No, no clues from that.
1: No. Um, when we asked, or when I, I remember asking myself, you know, about videotape, and what I was told was that the way it works, I guess, is um, a lot of stores to like save, you know, having a million tapes. Yeah. Um if there was if the evening or the day was uneventful, then they just re-record over that's it true. for the that's, day.
0: That's totally true. Okay. Wow. But I, on the other hand, I'm thinking that if it you know, you got this notice in December. I don't know what the Pittsburgh police policy is as far as letting people know if their car does get towed. It's hard for me to believe that if the car was sitting in a gas station or something that it sat there from let's say, September to December. That's hard for me to believe. Right. Okay. So, okay. Uh, What happened to the car?
1: Okay. So when I spoke to the detective this week, because I asked her, you know, how they normally handle, you know, a situation like that. Uh um, She said that once they collect whatever evidence, then the car is probably auctioned off. I asked her wow. about the contents of the car and she hasn't gotten back to me. She said she would check into that and, and let me know.
0: Wow. So that car is long gone. I'm not saying it couldn't be found. I'm sure in some DV DMV report somewhere in Pennsylvania, uh, it might be able to be tracked down. In fact, it still might be on the road, but you, none of, none of your family ever saw that car again. Correct. Gone. Wow. Okay. All right, so they didn't even consider – they auctioned it off because they didn't even consider it to be part of a, let's just say, it, a murder investigation. They should have – would have surely kept it otherwise.
1: Correct. Okay.
0: All right, you brought up the T-Mobile um, angle. She was at the – she was paying her bill that day. Any helpful records ever um, received? Did you ever try to get those? What was the status of that?
1: Um, yes, back then, um, I don't know if it was myself, I think it was probably my sister at that time, um, tried to contact the police department and, um, they basically said they were unable to get any information, um, from the, from T-Mobile. They, cause we asked about towers, uh-huh. um, and also, you know, to see if the, the phone, you know, if they could find the phone or and there was just no information from that. We never got any information. And then keep in mind, Ed, that the case changed hands so many uh, times. I you
0: know,
1: know. Within a short yeah. period of time, each person you spoke to, it was like the first time.
0: That's right. Each time. Uh, well, Sha- nice. I'll tell you, have you know, my listeners have been with me for 120 cases. We hear that a lot. That is very common. It's nothing against the police department. You could look in every state in the union. That's what goes on, it, you know, even for cases that are 13 years old, you know, so it that your experience is very common. So unfortunately, I'm not saying it's yeah. right. It's just common. Okay. So you couldn't get any records for that, but, um, the phone was never found. It wasn't in the car. You you've never seen the phone again. Nobody knows. Correct. All right. Um, You know, I'm wondering that I have T-Mobile, and I'll just talk about this publicly. I know we've already talked about it, but I know it's going through some listeners' minds. Um, I believe, being a T-Mobile customer since 2003, that if you were to fill out the proper paperwork, possibly, you might actually be able to get her phone records from 2006. I would not give up hope on that. Okay, Until you actually do it, I would not dismiss it. Okay. Now, online, because I found out this recently, that um, I'm able to go back a year and a half for my own personal records online at TMobile.com. However, if they told me that if I want to get records any further back than that, then they send me the paperwork and I have to fill all sorts of stuff out to get it. So I realize that you and your sister, whoever else didn't own the account, but there is that possibility. Okay, so so, yeah, you should definitely look into that. I don't want to get your hopes up, but having just had to do this recently with T-Mobile, maybe a month ago, um, you should at least look into it. So there you go. And I I have a lot of T-Mobile experience. Um, So the phone was missing. Besides Devin and her phone, anything else that you've been able to determine that is missing any of her possessions? For example, like a purse, it's gone, etc.?
1: No, not to my knowledge. Not to my yeah. knowledge. And once again, you know, I don't know exactly yeah. what her possessions were yeah. at that time. Right. You know, so.
2: Okay.
0: That's true. All right. So, cell phone maybe still a possibility in 2019 is going to take a little work. Okay. Um, what about the stuff in her apartment? Um, just in passing. Um, you. Uh, said that you actually called the landlord. You haven't talked to mm-hmm. him yet, but he's the, you told me uh, that he is the same guy that's still in the building in 2006. Correct. Okay. Um,
1: uh, I told you that I had, um, we spoke personally, and I told you that yeah. I had contacted them Good. and left a message, and I was waiting for them to call back. And then mm-hmm. um, I did get a message um, from someone, I believe, at his home and said, Um, you know, that, that they had gotten my call and that it was really unfortunate that they can't believe that she's still missing.
2: Uh
1: Uh-huh. Um, and, you know, they thought that the case would have, you know, that it would have been resolved by now and how unfortunate it was. Um, and, you know, they told, they left a message for me to call them back. And so I called them back and just waiting to hear back from
0: them. Great. Well, that's positive. That's good. Yeah. You know, just one more connection. Okay. All right, because the reason we're going to talk about that is because um, being that she had all this stuff in her apartment, we don't know how much stuff she had, but you never collected it. I don't think your sister ever collected I don't think your mother collected it. Do you have any idea what happened to anything that was in her apartment when she went missing?
1: Um. So I asked my sister about it if she knew anything about what you know the contents of her apartment mm-hmm. was. And what she told me was that, of course, she didn't know what was in there. She said, but um, what she was told is that they would um, put her stuff in storage for a little while. Mm -hmm. And then, I guess, after a certain amount of time, then it would be discarded.
0: Okay. So, and that's been 13 years. So. Uh, I'm sure when you talk to the landlord, and it's great that they called you back. I think that's spectacular. Obviously, that'll be a topic of conversation, I'm sure. Uh, yeah. Okay, great. Uh, maybe we should go back to Carl He's do he even know? Sounds like an old guy. It's been 13 years. Do you even know if he's still alive?
1: I don't, and actually I tried to look him up, and I wasn't able to find anything. Um, okay. Being an older gentleman, I still did try to see if I saw anything on social media, and mm-hmm. I didn't. Okay. Um. So I don't know. I asked my sister if she still had his number, and she said she's, she hasn't had it. She looked all over
0: for it, and she couldn't find it. Okay. All right. Well, the person we haven't talked about for a while now is Hamed. And uh, you have to remember that you said that uh, her car was towed away. It was found uh, and then towed away very close to where she and Hamed Uh, lived and is it your belief that Hamed was still living in that area Um, so Devin moves out gets her own place do you think that he stayed in that same building or apartment house
1: I don't know Um, I know that you know after he had abandoned their place that um, Ron Kashi told her that she had to go you know and I don't know if it was just you know you have to go or the fact that I'm sure it had something to do with the fact that she couldn't, you know, pay to live there either. Mm -hmm. Um, So I don't know if, you know, she left and he came back or if he went to Florida and stayed. I really don't know. And because we had no relationship with him, Mm
0: -hmm. there's
1: no way to know for sure.
0: Okay. Uh, Do you know if the police have ever talked to Hamed about Devin's disappearance? Yes,
1: um, it was really difficult to get someone to question him. Um, However, we finally got um, a connection made between Pittsburgh and Orlando, and an Orlando officer went out and spoke to him, um, and basically he said he didn't know anything, um, and he just, you know, kind of made my niece sound like a bad person and said that, Mm. you know, Probably something bad happened to her or she ran away or you know, but he personally didn't know anything, but he didn't have anything good to say.
0: Okay. About her. Just so to clarify this, when the police finally did track him down, he wasn't in Pennsylvania anymore. He was in Florida. Correct. Okay, and and uh we just don't know how long he was there, do we? No, we no, don't. No, we don't. Okay. Um, something interesting that you uh, said to me uh, was about the description that he gave of Devin and how some things were left out. How did you know about that? What was this description? What, what was this, first of all? What was that?
1: Okay, So when he filed uh, the divorce papers back in um, 2005, on the paperwork, there's a bunch of information you have to fill out for the serving process so that the people know, you know, what your spouse looks like and make sure they're se- they're serving the papers to the right person. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it asks, you know, your spouse, their height, their weight, their hair color, um, any disabilities, any scars, any tattoos. And on the questionnaire, what stood out to me was that he wrote uh, no scars and no tattoos. Um, but Devin did have tattoos. And it's even on her missing persons flyer that she had tattoos.
0: I saw that.
1: Yeah, so I just thought that that was very odd, and um, you know, I questioned my sister about it. So, what do you make of that? What do you think about that? You know, mm-hmm. either he's never seen her with her clothing off, or even you know, her arms exposed, or or maybe he's not filling out the truth on the paperwork yeah and she told me that um Devin had mentioned to her that he didn't want
0: to have any physical relationship with her.
2: Um,
0: you so know, just to put it, it just to put it in p g terms, they got married, but they never consummated the relationship. correct. That's what Devin told your sister
1: right that he okay. didn't want any type of you know physical relationship with her. Wow. which then made me wonder you know what did he want because you know you offer someone a good life and i mean not to sound horrible but the average person is going to at least want a physical relationship
2: sure
0: sure so i feel like of course yeah you know,
1: there was more to there's more to that
0: That is a hard one to understand. He went out of his way to to propose to her, to marry her, takes her to Pennsylvania, and then divorces her, files the paperwork within two months, and uh, frankly never has sex with her. That's hard to understand. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. Okay. Um, Did Hamed actually end up getting his divorce granted? Yes. And when did that the happen? The divorce
1: was finalized on October 17th of 2006. She never appeared to court, and so they made a final judgment.
0: So a little more than a month after the date, the best date we have, September 6th, uh, he got his divorce, and he was a, uh, you know a single guy again. Correct. Okay. I uh, have he. he I am guessing he's back in Florida. Have you ever, or anybody in your family, ever tried tracking down and talk to him?
1: No, we don't. Okay. Like I said, we don't have any relationship with him,
2: and mm-hmm. then
1: we don't know exactly what the dealings are.
2: <laughs> yeah,
1: and you know, I mean, doesn't take mm-hmm. rocket science. I know my niece
0: is not here, so.
2: Hmm. Okay.
0: Now we talked very early on about Hamed's connection to Pennsylvania. And you had even at one point in this conversation said, uh, you know, that he might have been involved in something uh, that maybe Devin knew about. Um, This, uh, I have it written down as Alan Kashi, but you have a different first name for him. Yeah, Ron. Ron Kashi. Kashi k a s h i um why don't you tell the listeners uh went on what went on with him after i'm not saying that two may be related but uh what happened to him after two
1: thousand six well later on, and this is recently that i've done some research mm-hmm. um because i uh found a paper that she had that had his name on it so i went ahead and i did some research on it and it looks as if he's a jewelry store owner and his jewelry store was busted by the fbi for money laundering and i believe they were ordered to pay um something like a hundred thousand dollars
2: um
1: and i don't exactly know what else um came of that but i definitely found several articles yeah, there were. Up them being busted from running laundry.
0: That is certainly true, and I will post – by the time our listeners are hearing our voice, and this would be this Friday, um, I will post at least one article to a li- uh, link to an article so they can see what you mean uh, about that. So could it be – I guess that maybe Devin knew about this being that Ahmed was – knew this guy – do you even know if Hamed even worked in the jewelry store with, with um, Ron Kashi at all? I don't know. Don't know. Nobody knows. But while he was here in Florida, you're in Florida, I'm in Florida, um, mm-hmm. he was running a convenience store, but then up there, uh, is it possible that he could have been managing or even owning the convenience store slash gas station where Devin's car was found? Is that a possibility?
1: It's a possibility.
0: Wow. Okay. All right. You mentioned recently, or you mentioned that you got to talk to someone from the Pittsburgh police recently. Uh, do you think that they are now looking at this as more of a murder case than just a missing persons case? What is your impression of what they think about it now, 13 years later?
1: Um, I mean, she didn't say specifically I mean? who goes missing for 13 years, an adult. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. So, I mean, you know, you kind of have to be... You have to be realistic. You know, we hope that, of course, it isn't that. But um, she did say that she was going to re-examine everything, and if she had to redo a timeline, she was going to do that. And so, hopefully... Something
0: materializes from this. Okay. Well, at least you're talking to them. They know who you are now, right? Yes. You know, and that's pretty good. I mean, yeah, because after 13 years, uh, you know, to be able to get some time with a detective and talk in at least a little detail about a disappearance, uh, that's a unique experience. It doesn't happen often, you know. You're right. You know, so, um, and we should mention that uh, this was a case, if this case rings a bell to anybody who's listening, this was a case that the Tribune Review uh, did cover at the end of last year. Um, unfortunately, kind of what happened in that case was that there was that shooting at that Jewish center, Jewish church in Pennsylvania, in Pittsburgh, at this almost the day before this article was supposed to come out, and it got delayed a little bit. So, you know, all those things were going on. So if anybody is reminded that, man, I think I know this case. It's because the Tribune Review did cover Devin's disappearance late in 2018. And I'm I'm happy that Wilshire uh, contacted me and said, you know what? I'd like to come on and do an interview for the program. So I, I really appreciate that, Wilshire. I'm happy to Absolutely. do this for you. What's this been like the last, it's not quite 13 years, but what has this been like for you? Obviously your sister has been very involved in this and for your mother who I guess was, you know, Devin's mother for all intents and purposes as she, you know, grew up. What what has this been like?
1: Oh can't really put it in words, Ed. Um, you know, like I said, we're a very small family. Um it's always been myself, you know, my two sisters, my mom and Devin Um, Devin's mom passed away when I was 11 and when Devin was eight. Uh And so it's just been us girls, you know? And so to not have her around is just unthinkable. Uh It's unthinkable. And on top of that, you know, it just breaks my heart. The fact that her daughter grew up not knowing and not having her mom and all the things, all the milestones for a little girl, you know, especially when a mom should be there.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: She didn't have that. And let me make it clear, you know, she was, she's was raised by her grandmother and she did an awesome job. You know, she's a very smart girl.
2: Mm-hmm. She's
1: in college, you know, and she's, she's an amazing young woman. Mm -hmm. and so her grandmother did a great job, so I'm not trying to take that from her at all. Um, Mm, Right. But, you know, there's some things you can't replace a mom. You just can't. Yeah. And so, you know, all those birthdays and, you know, all the different holidays, you know, and when when I did the Tribune article, you know, I spoke to Steve, and I said one of the Mm -hmm. things is, For me, it's just, you know, every holiday you think this may be the one or every event you you think this may be the one. And it just hasn't happened yet.
0: Yeah. Right. Right. And you've been um, able to track down and I I got we're not going to mention her name, but I'm going to talk about uh, my conversation with her a little after this interview, a little bit after this interview is done. But you actually mm-hmm. have been able to talk to um, – I guess you'd call her a friend, a friend that Devin made while she was in Pittsburgh. Maybe the only friend that – I don't know. I don't mean to put it that way, but it seems like these two got to know each other fairly well, and you mm-hmm. at least got to talk to her a little bit too. Right. You, you know, and so She's giving and, you um, background.
1: Yeah. We, um, I set up a Facebook page. Um, for Devin Brown Booth
2: And,
1: you know, I started requesting any and everybody. And one day I got a friend request. Um, And it was this particular friend. And she initially, you know, was looking for Devin on Facebook. And so when she pulled up the page, she realized that it was a Bring Devin Home Facebook. And she just was flabbergasted. She couldn't believe it. And, you know, she said, I always wondered, you know, what happened? Because they had never spoken again. Um, And so I tried to get as much information from her as I could. And basically I got that tidbit about, you know, the acorn situation, which, right. you know, is neither, I don't know exactly what happened there. Mm-hmm. For, you know, 100%. I know she was fired. I know there was something inappropriate going on whether it was you know her making a friend that she shouldn't Mm -hmm. have made or the money situation I don't know but um, you know she was someone that was there and so Mm -hmm. I got as much information as I could from her and, um, every now and then we'll have a little conversation. I don't know if she lives in Pittsburgh anymore, but I always try to find out if she's mm. i believe she's still i think she's connected yeah to that area, so I always try mm. to ask her if she's heard anything or you know anytime we have a exchange
0: right i I think that she left you with the impression I think she gave my me the impression that uh she never she didn't know even know that devin was missing. She just thought that, well, you know, one day she's here, the other day, the next day she's gone. Maybe she went back to Florida. Maybe she got another job on the other side of town. She didn't even know she was missing. Correct? That's true. That's true. Wow. Yeah, and so I'm going to talk a little bit about my conversation with her, and it's already things. that Listeners should know I've already talked to Wilshire about what this woman has said. Um, You mentioned the Facebook page. Uh, Shar, why don't you give the name of it out right now?
1: Okay, it's Devin D-E-V-I-N Brown B-R-O-W-N Busetta B-O-U-S-S-E-T-T-A Okay. And if you just go on there, you can add her as a friend. I would definitely appreciate anybody in the Pittsburgh area that knows anything about anything about the area or Anything like that, the gas station, just anybody, if you have any information, please just call the local police or you can reach out to me on Facebook and I'll make sure they get the information. but we're really trying to bring Devin home.
0: Right. And I should explain this is not like a what you would call a page. This is actually uh, like set up as a per, like a personal page. It's not set up like you know, many times on unfound. It's like find a jane doe page this right. is actually more like a personal page like you or i might have on okay something like that so you friend so instead of joining or subscribing or something you're actually becoming friends on there correct okay correct. that's interesting okay and we should make clear being that you just brought up the gas station do you even know what gas station it was in the kennett square area do you know i don't okay all right well maybe Somebody will be able to figure that out um, and find that out. Maybe that still might be in that police paperwork. If you can continue to uh, talk to them, maybe they'll let you know regarding that. I would think they'd have that in the paperwork somewhere.
1: I okay. So and she said that she was going to contact the officer that was previously on the case. Okay. So he,
0: he put on it. Okay, good, good. Wilshire, well, any final words before we complete this interview? I
1: just wanna say thank you, um, Ed. I mean, it's been really rough. I've contacted so many different outlets and have never gotten anything back. So I appreciate you taking your time to tell our story. And that's You're for myself and my family. Um, if anybody has any any information, please just you know, you can reach out to me on Facebook or call the Pittsburgh Police Department. Um And just one more thing. You know, there's a lot going on right now um, in the news. And if you see somebody that looks like they're in a situation, don't turn your back. You know, even if you don't step up to help them yourselves, pick up a phone and, and call the police. But that's someone's family member. Right. That's someone's mom. That's someone's sister. That's someone's niece. So please, you know, we have to look out for each other. I would hate to think that, so true. you know, my niece could have been helped and no one, everyone just minded their business.
2: All right.
0: Those are great words. Well, Shy, I, I feel the same way. And, um, it is certainly true that at least some of the cases that Unfound has covered that had somebody done something. Uh, spoken up, I think some of these cases uh, wouldn't have been, wouldn't still be unsolved. It's totally, I, I totally hear what you're saying. I think you're right. Yeah. Yeah, you're yeah. you're totally right. And I'm glad to help you out. Uh, I'm glad that the Tribune Review covered Devin's uh, case. And I'm certainly happy uh, that you contacted me about coming on Unfound. Uh, that and it makes me really happy. I'm happy to do it, happy to help you out. And I will continue to help you out. Uh, as long as Devin is still missing. You can count on that.
1: Thank you so much, Ed.
0: You're welcome, and thank you for coming on this episode of Unfound.
1: Have a good night.
0: You too. And that was my interview with Wilshire Council, aunt of Devin Brown Busetta. I thank her for joining me and all of you on the program. I must apologize that during the interview... I couldn't hear the beeping in the background of what I think was a smoke alarm with a dying battery in Wilshire's home. That's not Wilshire's fault. It's mine. I'm responsible for making sure there are no background noises. Had I heard the beeps, we could have taken care of it before conducting the interview. I hope that didn't annoy any of you too much. As I stated before, I got to speak to the one person who became kind of a friend to Devin in Pittsburgh. I will not be using this woman's name, but we spoke a few weeks ago. Here are my notes from that conversation. Devin tried to get her to go on a double date the day before Devin went missing. This friend was under the impression that Devin met the men in the area where they both worked in Pittsburgh. The friend didn't think it was a good idea, so she didn't go along with Devin's request. It is unknown if Devin met these men or not. Devin said about a month before she went missing that she was going to take off and disappear. But the friend admitted she didn't think of this comment when she first heard Devin was missing years later. The friend didn't know Devin was missing until 2011. The friend could not rule out the idea that Devin could have gotten involved in prostitution while she was in Pittsburgh. Why? Because Devin needed money, she was young, attractive, and was going to be single soon. To be clear though, this friend saw nothing factual that led her to believe Devin started prostituting herself. The friend wasn't sure if she knew Devin got fired or not. I didn't write that in my notes. Devin did a lot of complaining about the father of her child. This friend never saw any bruises on Devin. This friend never met Hamed. This friend thought there was blood inside Devin's car when it was found. I have no idea where she got that information. This friend also heard that Devin was seen at a homeless shelter a few days after the disappearance date. Like the car information, she couldn't remember where she heard that. It couldn't have come from any news reports, because there were none. She says Devin went missing right at the time this friend moved to a new job. One more reason this friend didn't think it was too strange that she didn't see Devin anymore. And when she didn't get any calls from Devin, she thought Devin probably just moved back to Florida. And it should be explained that these two knew each other because of their work. They worked near each other, and they met one day on a lunch break and just struck up a friendship. And those are the end of the notes that I took talking to Devin's friend from 2006. For me, this is one of those cases where the more I learn about it, the more possibilities I think there are. Of course, my experience is usually the opposite. The more facts you collect the more the case comes into focus. But not in Devin's. Way back in about September 2018, I was thinking there was only one answer. Hamed did something to Devin. And yes, that is still a very good choice, mainly for the reason of the alimony that would go along with a divorce. Yet now six months later, talking to Wilshire, talking to Devin's friend, I see many more possibilities. Who were these guys Devin wanted her friend to meet? What are we to make of Devin talking about running away? What does it mean when the friend thought that Devin was already in or considering prostitution? And then I think about this. Devin had to know that no matter what happened with her divorce and work and whatever else, the days of her having full or joint custody of her daughter were over. Between the father's family already not liking her and Devin taking the daughter out of Florida without permission, the father of the daughter would have used every legal means in Florida to keep Devin from the little girl once Devin moved back to Orlando. There's not a lot of doubt in my mind about that. At best, there probably would have been supervised visits between Devin and her daughter until the girl turned 18. What I'm saying is this certainly opens up the possibility that Devin really did take off. And to be totally frank, this actually opens up the idea of Devin being sex trafficked, because I can't ignore how quickly Hamed got Devin away from her family. In fact, there are a lot of similarities between Devin's case and the disappearance of Jesse Foster, who also ended up being a stranger in a strange land. I'll leave the rest of the theorizing up to you. And that's the program. If you found it informative, please go to the app that you use to listen to Unfound and give this podcast a nice review. I thank you for listening. I'm Ed Denzel and you've been listening to Unfound.